Welcome to College Unbound, the weekly podcast by Focus Collegiate, dedicated to diverse learning in the college environment. Thank you for joining us. I'm Jane Taylor, here with Focus Collegiate founder Grant Liebersberger. Hello, Grant. Hello, Jane. Thanks for doing this again. My pleasure. Preparation before college is one of the strongest predictors of college success, but many high school students look at college readiness in terms of simply applying to and getting into a university. Acceptance is really just the beginning. Most of the college prep programs offered by high schools focus on preparing for SATs, CATs, they help with the Common App, but few programs help students develop the social skills and independent living skills necessary for a smooth transition to college and independent life. Tell me, Grant, what is Focus Collegiate's summer cohort and how is it different? Well, thanks for asking. Uh, the summer cohort on some level is the the culmination of our philosophy just in general, in a, in a nutshell. It's It's somewhat college preparatory, uh, but what I would say non-academic in nature. So the idea behind the summer cohort is that it's a three-week simulation of what a traditional college week or several weeks strung together would look like if a student were having a a schedule that they had to be more self-directed with that they build on their own in terms of having their own unstructured time under the umbrella of trying to make it to and fro to classes, keeping their organizational skills intact and applying them in a collegiate setting that looks very different from if they were at home or in preparatory school or boarding school where there's much more structure. And so we simulate a college week So we can challenge the student to demonstrate their independent living skills during that time. And on some level, we are assessing what capabilities our students have and what they may need to work on prior to them landing on their college campus. This also gives us time to develop the resonant and trusting relationships that we need to have with our students moving forward. And you just can't can't do that over Zoom uh, very well or, or any other video platform, which is why certainly for our collegiate virtual students, the summer cohort is mandatory. And for all of our in-person students that we serve, it's highly, highly recommended. We get, a, we get an opportunity to jump on the intentional change theory model with our students. Uh, we get to work, help them work on their self-assessment capabilities. We also get to to work with them on understanding their learning profile, all in service to how do I operate on a campus with the existing supports and just having an opportunity to practice, which is is really different from traditional college preparatory activities. It sounds like, well, from I've read on the Focus Collegiate website, the cohort deals with four main skill areas, life skills, executive functioning skills, social skills, academic skills. How does, how does the <laughs> cohort staff do this? Let's start with life skills like budgeting and procrastination, handling peer pressure, 
we have a pretty multidisciplinary and interdisciplinary curriculum that we uh, have our students address a lot of these areas. Uh, I, I would say in the procrastination in particular issue, that kind of falls into the academic skills bucket. And so our students and our learning specialists will get together and we'll work on certain content areas that may be of interest to the student with some deadlines and some additional incentives and disincentives, kind of like there is in a traditional college class and really see in a real world setting, does a student procrastinate? What does that look like? And how, and how does that work for the student? <laughs> Invariably, it doesn't work very well. And so <laughs> it gives the student an opportunity to talk about their procrastination. What are the, for lack of a better word, warning signs of, of a student procrastinating? What are the challenges? How is it gonna be different from high school? when there's a different level of accountability for the student. And so the whole, again, the summer cohort is a metaphor for the college experience. And so it, again, it gives us an opportunity to address that specific issue amongst others in a lower stakes environment. Mm -hmm. And uh, which, which is <clears throat> very helpful for our staff in that we're again, able to assess some of the areas that might trip up our students or they may end up getting behind as a result. And so again, in a real world setting for peer pressure and budgeting and other kind of social and quasi life skills, it's, it's kind of embedded in the experience as well, because the students live in a private dormitory. Uh, there is an RA on staff, but it's not like a summer camp. The students aren't necessarily following the herd to different activities. They may have their own unstructured time that they have to, uh, you know, they have to self-structure or exhibit some other self-management techniques. And so we address in roughly two-hour segments in each day some of these areas. Some of them we do through experiential activities like different initiatives or discussion groups. Sometimes we do them through you know, scavenger hunts and, and other things that are more fun in nature, but still get to the kind of the point of the exercise. And then sometimes we're doing it in a direct instruction method, especially when we're talking about executive functioning skills, um, mm -hmm. you know, calendaring, priority lists, organizational skills, uh, all of those things that are invariably going to need to be elevated at the college level. The summer cohort less less at stake, but there's still accountability. How do you hold students accountable in the summer? <laughs> yeah. So the, I mean, we're, we're working on self-accountability, frankly. And, mm. and so really when we talk about focused collegiate interfacing with our students, we are helping the student hold themselves accountable to their own structure that they're creating. So, and if they're not, then the question is why? And which is where the intentional change theory model about vision for your future and kind of our support, providing support towards that is far more useful when we're talking about that in that context versus, you know, what's wrong with you? <laughs> Why are you not doing X or Y? And so mm -hmm. that's where we get this opportunity to work with our students on their vision and the relationship with the staff so that when the rubber does hit the road, down, you know, when they're in college and things and they have to hold themselves accountable and things are not going particularly well, we've already talked about that. We already have mm -hmm. a strategy for that. A lot of this pre-work is in service of helping our students not get behind. Tell me about how 
summer cohort students are supported socially? Another great question. So the beauty of the summer cohort is a couple of different things on the social side. One is that most of our students are quite similar in terms of their learning and academic profile. So they are talking about things amongst themselves and with the staff that are very common amongst each other in terms of having similar experiences in high school or in boarding school. And um, so the group is kind of is cohesive, which is really useful when a student actually lands on their college campus, they can reach back to, to this group for support, especially if they are feeling alone or not understood or they're not finding their affinity group very easily on their campus. We do <clears throat> weekly and even sometimes uh, twice a week social groups um, via, you know, via the virtual platform that we use. And so students can come and reconnect with the relationships that, that they make as part of the summer cohort. So that's useful on the that back end. On the front end, again, a lot of these students have a similar profile. And, and so it's pretty easy for them to have similar interests as well and for us to engage them in similar interests. And then because again, this is a kind of a real world environment and an experiential learning environment, there's invariably disagreements and clicks and you know all that mm-hmm. stuff that, uh, that happens as, uh, on any social situation on any campus. And so we get to address those issues as well. We get to address the what happens if you have a slacker in your academic group and how do you deal with that? Uh, mm-hmm. What happens if you have someone who's not behaving well or per, in a pro-social manner? Again, almost all of our students are nice and they have the intellectual horsepower to do college. It's not any of those things. Uh, and, and they are not profoundly behaviorally uh, misguided, if you will. But all of these things do come up in a college setting. And so the ability for us to address them and be flexible enough because our groups are small enough, about eight to 10 students per section, that you know some real relationships formulate. But we also get to address the real world experiences mm-hmm. that, are, that a student is about to have when they land on campus. Mm-hmm. Well, I've looked at some of the photographs published from last year's summer cohort and read some of your literature, and it looks like students are kayaking and they're doing bicycle tours and they're having picnics. And I just want some information about how this fun stuff supports college success for diverse learners. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the the design, of course, I mean, I don't think we would get anyone to participate in the summer cohort if we didn't make it fun. So, <laughs> uh, so that's part of it. Uh, the other part of it is that we work with our students to help them self-organize in their areas of interest. We don't necessarily mandate that everyone goes kayaking or to Six Flags or game night. We kind of create that structure, but we actually have the students assist or even run some of these activities with their peers so that it allows them the opportunity to create a leadership role on some level and and be able to self-organize in small groups without quote-unquote adult supervision certain fun activities that don't involve screen time (laughs) which Mm -hmm. is you know the nemesis probably of all of us in this age having students the have the capability of self-organizing these activities will serve them on the college campus, of course, when it comes to being able to join groups, uh, certain on-campus activities or student-led intramurals. All of these things are part of the college experience. And for some of our students who are not very good 
self-advocates in the social department, this gives them an opportunity to practice as to what, what is it like being in a group that is self-organizing on campus that doesn't necessarily have an adult in the room or, or, a, or an upperclassman in the room necessarily, and how are they going to be part of that? So it does, it, it, it has metaphorical translation and, mm-hmm. and certainly real world practice. I love the leadership potential of organizing events for themselves. Really, really nice. Last year, I remember there was a dining aspect. People cook together. Is that something that's going to happen again and shopping, budgeting, things like that? Last year was a little bit unique because we we did not have access to food services because of the pandemic. Uh, this year, thankfully, we are going to be in a more traditional collegiate environment that whereby the students, they live in the private dormitory, and then there's food service uh, down at the garden level of the dormitory. So there's continental breakfast and then kind of group meals, buffet meals uh, in the evening. The lunches are, lunch money is provided for the students, but the lunches are incumbent upon the student to sell, to get for themselves. And that's where the opportunity with a limited amount of money, a student can work on budgeting just in that very small area. But it's really maybe less about budgeting and more about working within certain financial constraints and understanding your spending habits rather than going through a full course on budgeting. If there is significant student interest in cooking, we will certainly address that as kind of an ad hoc um, activity for our students. But we, as with a lot of things, we try to assess our students' areas of self-interest before we land uh, on a complete curriculum. Is there a parent version of the summer cohort? <laughs> uh, in a non-participatory, or at least not physically participatory fashion, we do several parent workshops during the, during the summer where we're preparing, again, our parents for the fall and for what it's like to have uh, their student no longer under their roof and, mm-hmm. um, and, and how do they transform their relationship or at least the beginnings of transforming their relationship to a more young adult version of the relationship that they've had before. What are the outcomes students can expect to find from participation in the cohort? That is a good question. The, for most of our students, the outcomes are, really, are, are a setup for the fall of, in terms of our relationships. So, but we expect that students will, number one, understand their learning profile and how it applies to collegiate life uh, when they are when they have to be better self-advocates in getting their own accommodations. So that's the first. The second really outcome is to try to figure out who is the most the most relevant person at Focus Collegiate to support the student. We don't assign students to staff until the students have had an opportunity to meet all the staff and work with all the staff on some level so that we ensure that that relationship is going to be the most productive relationship that we can. And and then we build a team around the student after we understand them. Uh, Students also will understand their, uh, their ability to be an independent learner. So, when they're not being prompted, are they still productive? And how many prompts are are gonna be required in order for that productivity to occur? Students can also expect, I I imagine, I hope that, uh, that they will have fun 
And they will all, again, learn some of the self-organizing and uh, kind of social organizing principles that are clearly going to be needed when they, uh, if they want to participate in social groups on campus. So they'll have the opportunity to practice there. And then, of course, all of the requisite kind of independent living skills and life skills, they'll have an opportunity to kind of feel out the, a, a regular college day. And then also we don't wire to wire program them. So what happens when you have free time and what, what, how do you choose to utilize your free time? And so having all of those discussions prior to a student landing on their campus, we find has a lot of value over the years and years I've been doing these kind of preparatory programs for, uh, for collegiate learners who are headed that direction, we have found that students who participate in some kind of summer simulation like this have a much better chance of surviving their freshman, their first semester, their freshman year. For many of our students, transitions are a challenge. And so mm -hmm. it takes long, just a little bit longer for them to become comfortable and to apply some of these skills in an independent setting. So this is just one of those, we get to create a longer uh, pathway for a student to, to, be, to be able to integrate their current skills and their collegiate life. Mm -hmm. The cohort is in Boston, is that correct? Yes, correct. Uh, the, the private dormitory that we utilize is on Beacon Street. And where we do our work is throughout the Boston area. Uh, and then when we are inside, we are oftentimes utilizing conference rooms around kind of in that same neighborhood. There's several conference rooms around our offices as well. So we have our students going multiple directions, uh, oftentimes to simulate getting around campus. Mm -hmm. uh, but the Back Bay is a pretty safe place for and a nice place for students to live for those three weeks. And um, so, so it's, a, it's kind of a nice simulation. You know, Boston University is right down the way and uh, Suffolk and Wentworth and the Fenway area is all right around there. So it's a, it's a pretty vibrant experience. It's a great place to be in the summer, I think, Boston. Yeah, it super is, yeah. Right next, yeah. To the, right, right next to the public gardens and, and the common. Oh, so nice. It's, cool it's cool, for sure. Yeah, good. And one last question. What's the student-staff ratio like? Our, our philosophy with our students is we're, we, we try to hide and be in plain sight. So although we have a pretty high staff-to-student ratio for the summer, we also give them their space to for it to look and feel like an authentic collegiate experience. Typically, our group is somewhere between 15 and 20 divided into two sections. So we'll just say, for example, 10 students per section. And, uh, and that group will interact oftentimes with three or maybe four staff people per day. There is a resident advisor on site at the dormitory. And then depending on what the structure of the day is that we're, uh, of the skills that we're trying to address, a student, a group section may be working with one or two uh, staff per section, per two hour section. And then there's all kinds of individual meetings. And if you go to the website, you'll see that there's a sample daily schedule for one of the sections that is published. I think you got to click a button, but you can see it. Okay. <laughs> Is there anything else you'd like to add for maybe parents might be wondering is something you're asked often? I guess one question is, is the summer cohort mandatory? And, uh, and I would say, and I think I said, I might have mentioned for our collegiate virtual students, 
Yes. Uh, I just, I don't have any way around uh, being able to develop a, a good relationship with our students uh, entering, you know, into a collegiate environment without those resonant relationships. And so uh, almost 100% mandatory for collegiate virtual. For students who are um, college re-entry and who have done some additional other work in this department, um, whether they've gone on a gap year or different things like that, then we can talk a little bit about whether the appropriateness of the summer cohort, because I don't want to make it 100% mandatory for everybody. But I would say if this student is an inbound freshman and is going to work with Focus Collegiate, the summer cohort is really important component of what we do. Mm -hmm. If I was a college student, I would certainly want to be part of it. It sounds like you're making friends, you're learning learning new things, you're learning how to deal with your life away from your parents' house, and you are developing a good, sound, resonant relationship with someone who may be working with you throughout your whole college. Yeah, and I think three yeah. weeks is a really small investment to make uh, to, mm -hmm. to having, in homage to having a successful first semester in college. Yeah, terrific. Sounds like a great way to spend three weeks. Thanks, Grant. All right. Thanks, Jane. Appreciate it.